G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Something very important happening this weekend on Saturday the 4th of July. It'll be the Eden Monero by-election in New South Wales. This will be the 159th by-election for the House of Representatives since 1901 and the 84th caused by a resignation and in this case... This weekend's by-election triggered by the resignation of Mike Kelly, who held the seat since 2007. Now, there's a number of Christians who are contesting the seat for Eden Monero this coming weekend. One of those joining us today as an independent candidate, but in the ideal of looking towards the registration of another political party in Australia called Australia One Party. It's Ricardo Bosi, and Ricardo's joining us. Hi, Ricardo. Welcome along to 2020. Thank you for having me. Ricardo, just uh, just to confirm the geography, when we're talking about Eden Monero, we're talking about major centres like Queanbeyan, just next to Canberra. And then there's major centres like Yass and Cooma and Bega, and, uh, and, of course, it's known as a bellwether seat. Whoever wins Eden Monero really is reflecting the views of the nation. It is an important seat to be running in. Absolutely. It, it, uh, it reflects Australia, and that's why it's, such a, uh, it's a large electorate geographically, but very diverse. Uh, it's got coast, it's got um, inland, it's got rural, it's got urban, uh, large sectors of public sector, public service. Uh, farmers, you name it, it's, a, it's a, a microcosm of the entire nation and we're dealing with all of the, uh, all the issues that the nation's dealing with. Now, when I mentioned the Australia One Party and for a lot of our listeners, uh, this might be the first time they've ever heard of the Australia One Party and we might as well get it out there that uh, as a candidate, you're standing as an independent but that's because the party's not registered yet. There's some rules in place and the party's not registered but you are going to be a candidate and likely to sign on with Australia One Party and the party's coming together out of some of the remnants of Corey Bernardi's Australian Conservatives. How did that all work for you? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, I ran as a Senate candidate at the last federal election for Corey Bernardi in New South Wales. And after the election, Corey deregistered the Conservatives. But there are a number of us that decided there was still a fight to be had and battles to be won. Um, and so we got together and we nutted out what, uh, what we were, what we stood for and how we wanted to, to fight this battle. Because we need to fight it uh, very differently than just about every political party. Um, it's one thing to be honest, but it doesn't mean you have to be naive. So we are a hard-nosed political organisation, but we have many Christians in it, and that's the prism through which we look at how we design our future. But we're not a Christian party, just so we're clear. We call ourselves a moral party because we have many people that are not, not uh, Christians, and we're attracting... Even in these early, early days of forming the organisation, we're attracting your traditional Labor voters, your traditional Liberal voters, because both 
the majors as well as the nationals and the greens have drifted so far away from mainstream silent Australians that we're finding a lot of people are fed up with them and they are looking for something different. And what we're doing is we're building an arc. And when we and when the majors start to sink under their own weight, uh, the, the voters will come to us because they're going to look at us and say, "This is the Australia that that we know and love." In fact, I was talking to a um, uh, a man in Yass, a farmer. He runs sheep and and cattle up there. And he said, when we first came to Australia, he came as a 13-year-old as a, as a pom with his family. He said, this was the land of milk and honey. It was just a, an amazing, wonderful place. She'll be right, meant In those days, it meant it doesn't matter how tough it gets, we're going to get through it. She'll be right. Now, smile and get on. And he said, it's, it's changed dramatically. And anybody above the age of 40 or 50 will understand that. It's not the place it used to be. And we want to make sure that we rebuild our nation according to the foundations that made us great in the first place. And primary amongst that is a Judeo-Christian view of life. And it's significant to be able to touch on that. And just for listeners who are thinking of what might be happening, when we talk about the new party, the new party, the Australia One Party, and we say it's not a Christian party, it's got a moral foundation to it. And that is similar to the way that the Australian Conservatives worked under Cory Bernardi. It wasn't considered to be a Christian party either, but there were a lot of Christians who said, this is where I think we'll put our lot because they are standing for that Judeo-Christian values base that seems to be being lost in Australia at the moment. So there's some similarities there. To In fact, you had that connection with the Australian Conservatives, didn't you? That's correct, absolutely, and that's what drew me to them initially. Um, like many people, we, you know, we didn't leave the Liberal Party or we didn't leave the Labor Party. Those parties left us and we were left stranded. And along came Corey, and we went, we're on board. And then now that Corey's gone, uh, we've got to chart our own course. Ricardo, let's talk about some of the things you have been personally campaigning throughout the lead-up to the by-election. There's a couple of things. Uh, One of those, a very strong moral issue around issues uh, to do with full-term abortion. Uh, What's your position on that that's been happening within the electorate? What sort of response have you been getting from people? That's a very challenging one that I wanted to raise last time, but uh, they didn't run with it. So I thought now we're, now we're the masters of our own destiny. We can do that. Uh, the full-term abortion is an issue that most people, most Australians are completely unaware of. So just bear with me while I give you a quick background. It was first introduced into Victoria, then Tasmania, uh, last year in Queensland and this year in New South Wales. And to my mind, it is it's one, of the, one of the two most important issues that we must discuss at this election. Now, whilst there are many important local issues in the uh, Eden Monaro by-election, this one is eating away at the very soul of the nation. Here's how it works. It is now legal in those four states to conduct an abortion at the moment of birth. The child is killed. It doesn't get a death certificate. It doesn't get a burial. In fact, what is left is classified as medical waste. That's bad enough. But this was rushed through, and this is my opinion, this was rushed through by uh, Gladys Berejiklian in New South Wales and uh, her parliament and the other, all parties voted for it in order to feed the body parts business model that works around the, around the globe. Donald Trump closed down funding to Planned Parenthood in the US and so the supply of body parts was diminished. And so Gladys, is my, in my opinion, rush this through in order to resupply that business uh, business model. So it is a grotesque on every level that this should be uh, allowed. 
Now, the response, because people always say, don't mention abortion, don't mention abortion. And I keep saying to myself, what, what point is talking about interest rates if we're allowing babies to be killed? I mean, this isn't Bangladesh. This isn't some third world hole. This is Australia. We shouldn't be behaving like this. But the response has been phenomenal. And here are the numbers. For the last, I guess, maybe three, four months, the numbers of supporters for A1 as we build the party up has been two to one male to female. So 66% men, 33% women. As soon as we mentioned the full-term abortion and explained what is actually going on and what their tax uh, dollars are paying for, the women revolted against this concept and we're now getting 50-50 men and women just on the basis of fighting against full-term abortion. And that's just a matter of being out there on the hustings, doing campaigning and keeping a record of people's responses as you talk to them about the issue of full-term abortion. As you say, mostly states are uh, legislating when it comes to abortion, but certainly another voice in the issue uh, is a very important one. Hey, there's another significant issue that you've been campaigning on and uh, you're believing that there is a suppression order at this time that is concealing the names of very high profile VIP pedophiles. What have you been saying within the election campaign? Yeah, this is another one that uh, has slipped below the radar and none of the media have covered it. And so people will be shocked and I urge people, the listeners, to do their own research. In 2015, Senator Bill Heffernan, in a Senate, I thought it was a Senate inquiry, but it was discussing a police document that uh, came out of the, I think, Wood Royal, Wood Royal Commission into Institutionalised Sexual Abuse of Children, a list of 28 names, a police document, a list of 28 names, and on that list was a former Prime Minister, as well as judges and other high-profile uh, individuals. And the government at the time put a 90-year suppression order on that list. And they're treating us like absolute children. We can't know what's going on. Now, there's, again, two levels to this crime. One, that the, uh, the names are being concealed. And they'll, put, they'll, they'll give excuses and reasons why it'll undermine this and undermine that. In fact, Justice James would think, Justin Wood, Wood actually said, it will undermine the people's faith in the judiciary if these, this list is revealed, which is a shocking admission. Secondly, when someone is guilty of a bad crime, that's used by nefarious individuals to blackmail them, to get policies they want, to get judicial outcomes that they want. And so the crime continues. Now, I've been mentioning it. People have been shocked, but they are glad I am talking about it because this is undercurrent. Your average Australian is a thoroughly decent individual. They really are. And when they hear the full-term abortion story and when they hear about the, the VIP pedophiles in Canberra, they are genuinely outraged and they are grateful that somebody is finally speaking up. And what I've been asking for is that suppression order be dealt with, be lifted, and the, uh, the alleged pedophiles be investigated. Get it out in the open and have it dealt with in a public arena. Hey, Ricardo, just quickly, uh, preference deals, uh, how's that all worked for you uh, while the campaign's been going on? Yeah, we didn't do any deals as such. We looked at the individuals, we looked at the parties, we looked at their track record. We don't look at what they say, but we look at what they've actually done. And uh, in short, the way I've done it with the majors, I've, I allowed the voters, the electors, to choose their own preference. So I've put them... I've put the, the minors up front and the majors towards the tail end of the list. Uh, and up front, I've put, for example, 
the Christian Democrats and the Australian Federation Party, which is the other remnants of the AC. But beyond that, uh, I allow, I've got a split ticket, and if they want to preference Labor, they can uh, fill in the numbers one way. If they wish to preference Liberal, they can fill in the numbers the other way. And I leave that up to them. But as long as they vote one Ricardo Bosi, that's fine. Well, I know that there are listeners who are listening to our conversation today who are a part of the Eden Monero electorate. Uh, they might be heartened to know that there is a Christian Democratic Party candidate and an Australian Federation Party candidate, and uh, they'll be heartened to know that Ricardo Bosi, who we're talking to today, is going to be a part of what is the Australia One Party, holds a Christian ethos, has a view of Australia that says we should be preserving those uh, those Judeo-Christian roots that have helped to shape us as a nation. The coming weekend election, the 4th of July, the Eden Monero by-election in New South Wales. And Ricardo Bosi, all the best to you and uh, for the election as uh, things start to unfold this week and on election day. But thanks so much for giving us an update today on 2020. Neil, thank you so much and uh, God bless you and all the listeners. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.